You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Wednesday. I always thought today was Thursday, Jay. I'm got my days all it messed up. It better not be Thursday because I didn't take out the garbage cans this morning. <laughs> I have the same, <laughs> same problem. Good to see you, Jay. A lot to talk about today, and we have a great guest. We do. We have a great guest, Doug Pfaff, uh, who's the kicker at Arizona in the 88 and 89 season. Had some... Great moments during those those couple of years, and so we'll reminisce about that stuff. He's also got some what I think are some great perspectives because he's a mm-hmm. he's a you know he's a, he was an ath- a college athlete. His son was a football player at Arizona, so he's got that perspective, and he's a high school football coach. So we're kind of like all over the board in terms of what he might be able to talk to us about uh, uh, you know today with everything going on. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of good uh, conversations we'll have. Reminisce about the good old days when we covered him when he was a player. Right, we both covered him and. Uh, I went and dug up some newspaper clippings of those, did of those tears, days. Did tears? No tears, but it was kind of cool to see that. And I thought, you know what? I wasn't a bad writer. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> my, many years my, ago. My daughter laughed when I said that. I, but, you know. Uh, You're talking, I, I first got here, that's 32 years ago. Yeah, we, well, the, you know, and that's the last time I talked to Doug would, would have been oh, at, really? the end, oh, really? at the end of that season. Although we've been Facebook friends for a while. And I'm not uh, really sure how that happened, but we're, we've been Facebook friends. So, you know, that was kind of one of the, you know, his name came up, popped up on my on my feet and that's when I thought hey let's get him on the show so yeah, yeah. it's funny how that happens yeah. but uh, it's been a while I had him on the show about six seven months ago and because uh, I ran into him at the f- football field hey that's Doug Pfaff and yeah. his son was on the team uh, so it'll be good to kind of reminisce again uh, we both covered him at the same time uh, in the meantime a lot of crazy stuff continues to happen worldwide with this the pandemic we took a beating today Steve we you took, might let me tell you something. You may not get to see sports this fall. We took a beating. You know, it started out with the Ivy League announcing that they're they're not going to have any sports at all. But you, know, we got to put that in a little bit of perspective. You know, football in the Ivy League is kind of like women's softball in you know at Arizona. Important. Every, but, it's important. People go to it, but it doesn't make money for the school. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. that. So it's 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 not the type of thing that uh, is going to have a big impact on the on the FBS schools. Uh, I went through the schedule, and only one FBS team, that's Army, has a game against an Ivy League school. So that's the only one that's, from a scheduling standpoint that's affected. It's a, a domino, but not a strong enough domino to knock other dominoes down. I think it's one of those things where the domino kind of fell to the side, right? <laughs> Everybody saw it fall and held their breath, yeah. and the rest of it hasn't gone yet. I don't think that's going to have a major major impact from that now where it could have an impact is other teams sort of at their level yeah you yeah. know sort of the the mid-major or fcs schools that do play you know fbs schools i could see them it having an impact on them but it's not going to make an sec school go ooh. The Ivy League's not playing. Neither are we. Let's say uh, these are the smart schools. Harvard will, and another smart school today eliminated 11 sports. Right. The sports weren't major, major, major sports, but they were the smaller sports. Well, yeah. Well, Stanford cutting, is cutting 11 sports. And the thing about that is that 
Stanford cutting those 11 sports isn't like Arizona cutting those 11 sports right. because Stanford has made its bones about its athletic program through all the national championships it wins in the quote-unquote Olympic sports. Plus, they, they're number one in, uh, in college uh, athletics overall. Across the board, and they had yeah. the most sports, and so mm-hmm. they, they're, they're cutting 11 sports, and they're all sports that, look— you know, people say, well, you know, it's rowing. I mean, who cares about rowing? Well, you know what? The people, well, the people on the rowing team care. <laughs> right. And they care a lot. And they have scholarships. And maybe they don't have full scholarships, but, you know, I'll take a partial scholarship. It affects you if, you, if you're affected by it. Right. If you're, if you're an athlete yeah. in, one of those, in one of those teams, you're feeling it and you're hurt by this. So, yeah, no, it's, there's no way you can sit there and say, you know, that's not a big deal. That is a big deal. Let me also say that that could be a domino. That one is. That one could be because now... You know, it's one of those things. Well, Stanford that really, really cares about these sports. If they're cutting right. sports, what are we going to do? Right. You know? Well, it eliminated the sports, and then the people involved with the coaches, the support staff. Right. It's it's a, another trickle down thing. Right. It's 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 scholarships, it's students, and it's jobs. Right. And that's and that's the unfortunate part of all of that. So you know, could that trigger some other things? I think that's more likely to trigger something than. The Ivy League. At the end of the day, we're all going to be living together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, it, you know, we just, I, I don't know. Today, we, we, you know, we took a beating. Ohio, Ohio State, State, right? they announced that they're pausing their their voluntary workouts, including football. North Carolina did the same thing. North Carolina did the same thing. Ohio State did not release how many students, student athletes have the COVID, but they it was enough for them to pause their, pause their, uh, uh, their, their workouts. Now, you know, we keep seeing reports of other schools that are testing and they're only getting, you know, a very small percentage and that kind of thing. And it's it's enough that they can handle it. But it's happening, you know, and, and people are trying. To, and this is one way that people are dealing with it. And and what I read on the Ohio State thing is they're going to pause for like a week. Uh-huh. Go get these these students that got, te- you know, that got that got Negative. positive tests, test them again and see maybe in a week they, you know, kind of resume things. But the fact that it happens to where the point that you got to stop because enough people got it all at once you know you got to stop the spread and that's that's the idea behind all of this and it's happening here so it's uh, the nba is talking about it as well if they continue to get more and more tests that are negative there may not be a season. Steve, I think we're hanging on by a thread right now on, on some of this stuff. No um, question. I, I think, you know, baseball and, and major, major League Baseball and, and the NBA, as much as they want to make it happen and all the resources they have to make it happen, mm-hmm. I, I do believe it's kind of all hanging by a thread. Do I think it can still happen? Sure. But I do believe it's hanging by a thread. Um, you know, another thing I saw today, one of the uh, a coach from the Big Ten said that they're not playing any non-conference games. Now it's not, it's not a final decision. Nobody's announced that, but a coach anonymously told a, a reporter that conference non-conference games are off the table. That makes the most sense. We've talked about it a lot here, right, uh, in the last month or so, because it makes the most sense. Because why do it? Right? Why? Exactly. Why? I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get a bunch of people at the game. You're going to pay for somebody to come here. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're endanger them. Skeptical about why, right, right. right. It, 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 the 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 conference games are important enough. Why risk being able to play those in order to play Portland State? Right, right. So, right. so you know, the other the other piece of that uh, Big Ten item was that uh, the 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 coach. I don't know if it's a coach or an athletic director, but somebody like that also said that what the Big Ten is talking about is playing ten games, ten conference games, and that's it. 
You know what? Do you think that this is going to shape the future of what we see down the road, on the future and down the road? But you know what I'm saying? This kind of sets a precedent? It, it's going to set the precedent from the standpoint that teams are going to be, if they're going to play non-conference games, they're going to play non-conference games against somebody in the region mm-hmm. or whatever, so that if they have to cancel the game or something like that, or... You know, if there are things like that, there, there has to be continued testing, you know, next season or the season mm-hmm. after, that it can be handled in a way. You know, Arizona, I don't see Arizona is going to play, you know, Florida anymore. Now, you know, we know that those games are scheduled into the future to play mm-hmm. Mississippi State and LSU and Nebraska. Alabama and, and Alabama yeah. and all that stuff. Those are the games that I see going away. Right. And teams are just going to, you know, maybe you back it down to an 11-game season again, mm-hmm. you know, or even a 10-game season. Right. I mean, I mean it, it was a 10-game season in our lifetime. I know, we were little, but, yeah, you know, they right. played a 10-game season he- in hello, our lifetime. Back to the West days. Hello, New Mexico. Hello, Colorado State. Colorado State. San Diego State. All yeah. those teams that are close by. Hey, let's take a quick break. Get a hold of Doug Pfaff yeah. and, and uh, talk to him about the good old days. Talk about the current situation as a coach, former player, and all that. Thanks. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. It's those guys from Tucson Appliance Company, the best appliance company in Tucson. For the month of July, we're going to donate 2% of our sales to a local charity from in-stock purchases. Come shop at our store and work with our amazing sales team. Dustin, David, Brian, Alex, Jermaine, and Peter. You can choose from a list of local charities for us to donate to. The only way we can give back is if you shop local. Only at Tucson Appliance, where our low price is your priority. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, former U of A kicker Doug Pfaff. Doug, how are you in the 118-degree weather? Oh, Steve and Jay, I'm doing great, but you're right. This weather is getting a little bit uh, extreme for us. You've been in Dallas. You've been in Phoenix. Uh, Dallas is it's crazy, too. Which is better, weather-wise? You know, it's different because I was just in Dallas uh, last weekend, my youngest son, Blake, who just graduated from U of A, moved back to Dallas. And I will tell you, being away from the humidity for two years, it hit me. I'm like, okay, this, I can't remember it being this humid. But um, so I, I think I'd lean more towards the Arizona dry heat just because you know it's hot. But as long as you aren't standing out in the sun, you're, lot, you're not going to sweat. Where in Dallas, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, if you're outside, you're going to sweat because of the humidity. Yeah, but you're, you're still up in you're still up in sun devil country. So if you're going to be you, you deserve to be hotter if you're going to hang out up there is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, Jay, when I moved out here two years ago from Dallas, I, I moved actually into Tempe and 
and I went to a restaurant and they called it Sun Devil Fries. And I went up and I said, hey, can I get some Wildcat Fries? (laughs) The lady lady at the register looked at me and I'm like, yeah, Wildcat Fries. She's like, I'm sorry, sir. We don't make those. I'm like, well, I'm not eating the other fries that you have. I need to have Wildcat Fries. she she, She had that puzzled look. So yeah, I do see a lot of uh, maroon and gold up here, but I'm doing everything I can to kind of put put some red and blue up in Tempe. That's a gutsy move because the next time you order fries, who knows what's going to be in those exactly. fries? Exactly. Yeah, good thing it wasn't the chef that I was talking. <laughs> right, right, right. How you doing? I didn't realize it. Are you the head coach in high school? No, 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 no. Uh, Dan Hines is the head coach at Desert Vista, and he's been there. Gosh, I think he's been there a little over 20 years at Desert Vista. Um, so I was the special teams coordinator last year and uh, just had a blast. Um, I've always loved coaching, just kind of, you know, once I started a, uh, my professional career, coaching was just, you know, kind of related to just my own kids. But um, now that my kids are out of the house, I had a couple opportunities the last couple of years when I moved back to coach at the two different schools. The first one, was actually uh, South Point High School. We won the, the championship, and that's a school where Reggie McGill's brother is the uh, is basically the principal at that school. So it was kind of a, a neat connection, getting you know quasi connected to the McGill family. But then last year, coached special teams at Desert Vista. We had a we had a really good run, made it to the state semis in 6A. Unfortunately, got beat by three points to. Uh, Liberty, who eventually uh, won the state championship in 6A, but uh, you know, so we didn't quite achieve all of our goals, but but we but at least we had a pretty good pretty good run at it last year. Well, well, first of all, the fact that you're at a high school that has a special teams coordinator is kind of amazing to me because you know when we played there were like three coaches, right? A defensive coach, an <laughs> offensive coach, and a head coach. So, but uh, so so well, let, let's start there. You know, kind of you know in terms of what you're seeing, what you're hearing. You know, you're in. You're in 6A football. I mean, what's what's going on as far as COVID, and you know, what do you think is going to happen? You know, it's it's still it's it's a it's a moving target every day, Stephen Jay. Um, in early June, AIA allowed us to start doing some conditioning practices where we could only be in groups of like ten kids per one coach, and you could not intermingle those groups at all. There was no using footballs, blocking pads, nothing. It was just strictly agility. And we got about a little over two weeks into that before this latest, uh, you know, kind of resurgence of COVID-19 came back. And so they shut it down for about 30 days. So, um, you know, nobody knows right now. You know, my gut tells me, and again, this is strictly my gut, I don't see how this, the high school football season's going to start on time. Um, I think, you know, best case scenario, it maybe gets delayed a couple weeks. Um, I sure hope it doesn't get postponed till maybe springtime. But the longer this goes, guys, um, I think the odds of it getting postponed more than just a couple weeks keeps increasing. And again, that's just. That's just Doug Faf's gut. That's not in information that I'm being given by any right. school district or anything right. like that. But yeah. you know, I am I'm concerned because again, even if we can start practicing again, you know, the time it takes to ramp up. I mean, there's been no football drills for five months, and usually there's been practices, seven on seven tournaments. Um, 
you know, a lot more, you know, normal, what we think of typical football practices would have at least been going on for the past few months. And it's, it's been, these kids have almost been on a five month vacation. Your gut is the same as Jay's gut. My gut, I think. Well, not, not literally. <laughs> no, Figuratively. No, he's, he's, he's in shape. I see, I've seen pictures of you on Facebook. Okay. First of all, let, let me just say how, how upset I was. And when I'm trying to find a picture of you for our graphic today, I couldn't find one that I could tell if it was a college shot or a current shot. It really pisses uh, me off that you look the way you look. Cause I've okay, aged a lot. Good. You're too nice. You're too nice. Well, obviously, you don't sound like my wife because she tells me that, that I definitely have aged. So. Well, that's what wives do. <laughs> that's true. She she definitely keeps us in check, don't they? Yeah. So so let's go. I think your your feeling is the same feeling we've had. Uh, your coach now and your your son was a former player here at U of A. It's just as a as a as a parent, there's some tough times for your kids to say, should you play? You know, you're right. I mean, I don't, I, the unknown of the COVID-19 and is nobody knows. And I don't see how we could play sports, especially football, um, and not just see a, a, a cycle of, of kids continuing to test positive throughout the course of a season. And so what, what happens to any team, regardless of the level, whether it's Pee Wee, high school, college, or pro, what happens to a team when they have 12, 12 kids or 18 kids test positive? I mean, do they, do they still have to play the game with half a team or a third of the team not able to play? Do, do those players play and then infect the other teams and other players? And, I mean, it's just there's so many unknowns that this, this season is going to be one to remember because – I, you know, I don't know if anybody has a clue on on how it could probably be executed without just having turns every other day based on just what we have to go through, not only as, as a human being, but then, you know, you parlay that with being an athlete. It's just, it, it is, it's difficult. And, uh, you know, I, I pray that it, it works out and that we, you know, Get, get a vaccine and get a better grip of this COVID virus, but um, I don't see that happening in the next couple months. Doug, ima- imagine if your son had another year at Arizona. Let's say he's looking at, you know, senior year coming up. Where would you be as a parent if he, you know, if he's a dad, you know, dad, I, I, you know, I've got to decide if I'm going to go to voluntary workouts and stuff like that. Where would you sit as a parent on that one? It's a good question. Um, you know, I think the schools have to really ramp up the the testing because it, we've seen that it doesn't take much to all of a sudden have a, a huge outbreak. And and again, even if you test every day, the athletes, you know, that doesn't mean that somebody might not have had COVID nineteen, but just didn't show symptoms for a few days. And so during that time period, how many people did they maybe? contaminate so i would definitely be hesitant um you know the athlete in me always says well yeah you know we're we're immune because of our physical condition but but you know now the parent in me is like you got to think twice because even if my kid survives COVID 19 
What about the coaches? What about the, the, the athletic staff? What about all those other people that they come in contact with that, of course, are a little bit more in our age? You know, they're not 21 years old. They're a little older, and, and their ability to, you know, recover is, is not as high as somebody that's 21 years old. Well, uh, I just kind of lost my, my question here, but uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I, I, you know, I was going to say, because, you, you know, you, and, I mean, put yourself now in the shoes of an athlete that, yourself. And that's what it was, yes. You know, you, you know, you were a college athlete, and right. now you know how important it was to you and how much a part of your life yeah. being a college football player was. If you're sitting here and you're the athlete now, you know, where where do you, I mean, are you, are you going, are you the guy that well, you know. So, I'm, I'm not going to get it. I'm in good shape. I'm going. Let's you also know. remember he's 21 years old, 22. Right, right, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, and that's the thing. At that age, guys, unfortunately, you just think, hey, I'm going to play because this is the sport I love. This is the school or the team that I want to represent. And you just think that your, you know, your, your likelihood of getting it is so minimal that you're going to take that risk because that excitement of being able to play in front of thousands of people is, is, is worth it. Now, what happens if you play that game in front of nobody? You know, I don't know. Maybe that would change because we, we play the game of football or any sport because you love the game, but playing it in front of 60,000, 80,000 people, you know, 45,000 people, it's a whole different experience than playing it in front of 300 and I mean I, it would really I'd love to say the the 21 year old of me would be mature enough to make the right decision but my gut would tell me I'd probably still lean towards playing the playing the playing the game. you got about a minute left. You're going to stay with us for the next segment. We're going to talk about the good old days when you played and maybe bring a tear to our eye. But let me ask you real quick, uh, what's the game that you thought, oh, no, no, no. How did, uh, how did the applause, you got applause a lot in your college days, but you, it all ended. How did that feel? You know, it, it depends. You know, for me, I never envisioned myself as you know, let's say making a career out of being a, an athlete. I mean, I was blessed to, to get an education and play at a high level. And it, it, by the time I played as a senior, then maybe I did have a perspective of maybe playing, you know, in the NFL. But I think since I wasn't banking my whole future on it, when it ended, I knew it was just time for the next chapter of my life. And, and so I, I, I left with no regrets, Steve. Yeah, perfect. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, great answer. Let's uh, take a b- quick break here, come back and talk about some of those game winners, uh, all the fun you had at U of A during your time in the late 80s, I think it was. 1030 The Voice. Yep. Camille Rivas Rutherford with Coldwell Banker Realty has been one of the top producing real estate agents in Tucson, Oro Valley, Marana, and Vail for more than 20 years. Let her help you find your dream home in Southern Arizona. Her passion and enthusiasm for real estate has helped her become one of the most respected and trusted realtors in the area. And she was recently named a recipient of Coldwell Banker's 2019 International President's Circle Award. Camille's approach to sales and marketing and selling or buying a home is second to none. Give her a call at 520-250-5192. 
Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have former U of A football player Doug Pfaff. So just real quick before uh, we get uh, Jay with a quick question. Uh, how many game winners did you have? I had four. So I had four. I was blessed. I played just two years at U of A. I came as a junior college transfer. So my junior year, kicked the game winner against Washington, which was the first year we had ever beaten the University of Washington. And then my senior year, um, had a game winner against Oklahoma. The following week, a game winner against Washington again. And then a couple weeks later, uh, beat Washington State with a, a game winner in the last minute as well. You know, Doug, I, I mean, people, I shouldn't say people, my family doesn't understand how I've got such a, a dead-eye memory for Arizona football on a lot of stuff when I can't even remember my kids' names someday, <laughs> some days. But, you know, I, I mean, and, and the, 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 the first Washington, the Washington game your junior year, that one sticks out of my mind because we were at Washington. You know, Steve and I were just talking about how we were standing on the sidelines. It was freezing rain. Uh, it was cold as yeah. hell. It was windy. And I, I remember that like yesterday. Um, and I remember the Oklahoma game, of course, because that's you know one of the big games in you know Arizona history. I had zero recollection of those other two. <laughs> I have zero recollection that you you kicked a game winner in the last minute, the very next week against Washington again. I I, I had just didn't remember that at all. You know, it's funny. Um, Don James, the great coach at University of Washington, the, the the following year after I had left, I remember reading a quote as they were getting ready to play U of A again. And he goes, well, all I know is Doug Fastenack going to kick a game winner against us this year because he graduated. <laughs> so, Well, so, and I, I yeah, think it, partly because of you, I think they took it out on Arizona. Didn't they beat them like 52 to yeah, nothing or 54 huge. to nothing the next yeah. year? I think you're probably to blame for some of that. They did, but I think we we extracted a little revenge on them a couple of years later uh, when we beat them when they were ranked number one. And that was at Tucson. So, uh I was watching that game in Hermosa Beach, California, and, and jumping up and down when they upset Washington, who was number one in the country at that time. Everyone has this perception about kickers. You know, they're not really football players. You know, they just come on and kick a field goal every now and again. Doug, I never thought that, okay, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they do, because they're, they're somewhere on the other side of the field or something, they're just kicking, they're kicking. Uh, how much pressure did was there to kick those game winners? Because you knew if you missed, it wasn't going to be pretty. You know what, guys? Um, the perception of kickers obviously has been around a long time and, and hopefully that's changing over the past few decades, but you're right. Um, kickers, if you produce your teammates, love you and you feel very much a part of the team. And, and I was blessed to be able to, to have some great opportunities and, 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 and contribute to the outcomes of, of Arizona's victories. Um, but on the same note, I've seen where kickers have not performed and have cost the team victories. And, and you're absolutely right. I, you know, it's hard to walk into a locker room knowing that, you know, the final play was, 
was up to you and, and you let everybody down. And, and so um, it's a lot of pressure. That's why you see so many kickers, even in the NFL, that, you know, can have a great four or five, six years. And then next thing you know, they're out of the league. It's like, it's, I've always said kicking 90% mental and 10% physical. And, and once you lose that mental edge, it doesn't matter how good of a leg you have. If you're not kicking it through the uprights and getting three points, um, you're you're not going to be on the team much longer. How often do some of these games, you know, come to mind when you're, you know, just going about your daily business or whatever? Maybe you're in a situation where you think, you know, this is this, this isn't pressure. This is no big deal. I had, you know, I had, to, I had a kick to win the game against Oklahoma. <laughs> well, it, def- it definitely helps you um, because you're right. I mean, as I moved into my professional career. You know, doing a presentation to close a deal, or or talking to a, you know, a group of people. I, I mean, it's it's not pressure because you're right. You've had seventy five thousand people either screaming at you to miss, or you've had sixty thousand, seventy thousand people silent waiting for you to hopefully you know win the game for them. And so, um, so that pressure does help you in a lot of different. Uh, after after athletic experiences um, and, and just makes it easier to kind of go through some of those. You must have, uh, had, well, I'm sure your, your college days were charmed life and all that, but I, I'm sure you kept close with U of A too. About five, six years ago, Casey Scowron had one of those moments, a uh, big game against USC, I think, one of those games, and he and he hit it, they called the timeout, it didn't count, and then he, then he missed it. And then he missed and it. And then he missed it. Death threats and things like that. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that didn't happen to you, but you could probably sympathize with just the, just the situation. You can, and that's, you know, that's the only thing that I see in athletics that is so difficult is you got so many people that are fans and, you know, they, they forget that, you know, whether it's at high school and these kids are 16, 17, 18 years old or in college and they're, again, 18 to 22 years old. I mean, they're so young and, and to, to take it to that extreme is, is just inco- incomprehensible. I mean, nobody goes out there to try to – not produce, but sometimes you, you succeed, sometimes you fail. But to, for somebody to, to try to give death threats to an athlete just because they didn't perform on that one play, um, it's, it's inexcusable. Um, and it's sad because, again, nobody feels worse than that athlete. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, you got to face your coaches, your teammates, your students and your fans on a daily basis. And, and it's, it's not easy. And that's why, you know, mentally I said, it's like 90% of the battle because, you know, if you do make a mistake, you can't let that mistake continue on to your next opportunity. You got to put it behind you and focus and, and, and get that next one. Because if you let it compound, then pretty soon you're, you're in a hole and, and you can't dig yourself out of it. All right, so so take us back to the Oklahoma game. I'd I really like to hear, you know, you know what's going through your mind. You know, your your team gets the ball. There's like I think there was like five minutes and change left. So there's still a lot of time in a, in a game when nobody could move the ball. You know, did you think you know there were a couple of possessions left in the game? You know, you guys end up taking the ball and just keeping it the whole rest of the game. Are you thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make a kick, or I'm hoping they're gonna score a touchdown? Where's your mind during that whole period of time? And probably was a good you know 15, 20 minutes of real time that that you guys had the ball before you went in to make that kick. 
It was. We had a great drive. Of course, Arizona offense back then was a ground-and-pound type of an offense. And so as we, as we moved the chains, it was usually three plays, and we picked up 12 yards. And so we just methodically moved down. And, and I go into you know, every game with the, the mindset that it's going to come down to the last second. And I'm going to have to kick a, a field goal to win the game. That was just the way I prepared because, you know, again, you know, if I didn't prepare for success, I was going to fail. And so I always envisioned these opportunities coming and always practiced them during the week. You know, I'd, I'd kick field goals acting like, okay, you know, 46 yard field goal, two seconds left. I got to hit this. You know, we're down by two points. And so I would do those in practice. So when it hopefully did come, to you know, fruition on a Saturday during game day, I had done it 20, 30, 50 times already. And so it was, it just, I just felt a lot more comfortable when it did happen. It's funny because that's what I remember the most from that game. After the game, and uh, Dick told me talking about if you vision it, You'll, it'll be that way. If you've got to vision it, you've got to vision it. And I think you agreed with that at the time. Um, and you can always say that, you know, when you practice it and there's nobody in the stands, that's different than 55,000 people in the stands saying you better make it. It's true. You know, but it's so funny, guys. When you really get locked in mentally, I mean, like, go back the year before to the game in Washington, we used to huddle away from the line of scrimmage, you know, for field goals. And so I was putting my tee down. Because my junior year, we kicked with the tee. I'm putting the tee down, and I'm waiting for my holder to come. I'm like, where the heck is he? Man, they're taking forever. And because my ritual was I wasn't going to move till he got there. Well, I didn't even know Washington called a timeout. And our whole field goal team had already walked over to the sidelines, and I'm still waiting there. Finally, I look, and Coach Tommy's like, get over here. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, he goes, gosh, it's cold. Let's kick this thing and get the heck out of here. And, and uh, so, you're, you know, just having the visualization, I think is huge, especially for, you know, any athlete, but um, you know, I, I got a little notoriety my senior year. I used to go to the stadium the night before a game and in the dark with my holder and, uh, snapper without a football, we would visualize and go through the motions of about 30 field goals all across the field. So, you know, we just imagine a perfect snap, a perfect hold, and a perfect kick. And and I think it, it helped us because come game time, it was just like we were doing that in the dark with nobody else there. We blocked everybody out. We didn't hear anything. How, how many times have you seen the clip of that? Because if I, if, if I hear it right – when you hit the kick, I think Bruce Larson, who was the analyst guy, said missed it because he thought You're it was right. going to be short. And I You're think right. didn't at the end of the season you say you actually had a, a like a bit of a, a leg injury or something, and that I thought I thought you said that was as far as you were going to kick that one. It was funny. I actually hurt my leg before the season started in 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 you know camp, and it just progressively got worse every week. I pulled my groin, and as a kicker. It, you got to pull groin. It's kind of hard to kick a ball. But when you, when I did pregame, you know, my leg was always fresh and, and I could kick. And I'm like, oh, I feel great. But I didn't understand until about week six that, you know, three hours into, you know, the, the game, my strength had diminished. And so what happened in that kick, yeah, it was 40 yards. And as soon as I kicked it, I've heard that clip. And, yes, he does, he did, does say, missed it. But it – did cross that crossbar, so uh, you know. I do. Um, you were, weren't, 
Weren't you under Jay under the? No, I, I was sitting to the side. I I was under it. It, it was leaking oil. I mean, it oh, was it, leaking oil yeah. early. <laughs> and it sounded, it sounded like you know when you hit a thump, like a, you had that thump into it. And and I I actually when you hit it. I put my hands on my knees because I thought it was going to be short, and uh, you know, and and it made it, you know, and the place went crazy, and it was it was a lot of fun, and I'll tell you, it was a much easier story to write on deadline <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, lastly, uh, because uh, Coach Tommy just passed away just a little over a year ago, how was it playing for him? You know, um, we had a, a a great relationship, and it didn't start that way, guys. Uh, I was recruited by Larry Smith. When I came to camp, I did not get a very good first impression with Coach Tony. Uh, so we had our challenges for half of my tenure at, at U of A. But between just my hard work and, and, and luck and giving an opportunity and taking advantage of that opportunity, by the time I left U of A, he and I had a, a – uh, respect for each other that you would have never thought would have developed based on probably my first 18 months at, the, at that university. Um, since I graduated, we had become very good friends, um, kept in contact with them. And um, he tells stories about me to every team that he coaches after he left U of A and even, you know, some of the coach, uh, some of the teams at U of A after I left because of just kind of the, the trials and tribulations that, that, that I went through. And, and so, um, you know, I appreciate coach Tommy. Um, he was, he was a great man. He told you exactly what he felt regardless if you wanted to hear it or not. Um, but he never, he, you know, he wasn't somebody that, that kind of was two faced. He was, he was the same man, 24, seven, 365. Um, I have a, a lot of love and a lot of respect for him. Still friends with his son, Richie. Uh, see him maybe about once a year. But, um, yeah, I miss Coach Tommy. He was, uh, he was a heck of a man. I wish, I wish U of A football was, was like it was back in the day. I mean, I miss knowing that the Wildcats are, are going to play the way that we used to play. Um, and that needs to change pretty quick. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, Thank great you. stuff, Doug. We appreciate you being here on on the show with us, and lots of great memories. We love talking about that stuff here. And Jay didn't cry. I didn't. I, I got a little. Okay, I got a little tear. Just to, I'm a, a little one right here, you know. But because, but you know, because of what you said about Dick, you know, because he he became yeah. a really good friend of mine as well. Right, so right, right. it's great stuff. So appreciate you doing that. Be well, Doug. Thanks. Stay guys. safe. Hey, you you too. You guys stay healthy, and I'm. You know, happy to be on anytime you need me. Thanks Thank a you. bunch. Thank you. Hey, let's take a quick break here. Our last one here on 1030 The Voice. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. 
local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster. Like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans. All done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large, accessing 30,000 plus surcharge-free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org slash switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. That was fun. That was very fun. You, you know? feel, do you feel old? Yes. Because, you know, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that, you know, I was covering him and stuff like that. And it was 32 years it was ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. 30 plus years ago. And, and a lot's happened. And I'm not joking, okay? He looks his pictures he looks as young yeah. as he looks the same because you know if you if you if you go google him and look for a photo of him you see the football card that you know they used to make of, mm-hmm. of all the players mm-hmm. and you see his headshot there and then you see his headshot from his linkedin and they're the same guy yeah he's the same yeah. guy i look at i hate those guys i hate those guys i look i look <laughs> at my picture you know I, I i going through the clips i you know i i, I had a column at the time that i was i was covering football so there's the you know the headshot that would would run with my column and I look at that compared to what I look like now they're not the same guy uh, hey I put a uh, throwback f- photo last week and I was like who is this hey, dude, dude you, 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 you you look good <laughs> back then or now <laughs> back then oh yeah thank you <laughs> today, no. today you're just kind of scruffy uh, scruffy and about 50 pounds hey, man, heavier you, you, had, you had the look I had the you, feather you I did have the look hair. We, all, we all had that dang haircut though, yeah, didn't we? yeah we did we all had that it was keeping it that's like you know I think you couldn't move your I head. kept it as long as I could yeah. I, I had to get rid of I had to get rid of mine no I'm gonna say well, I, I know I had it when I was still when I was covering the covering this, sports. This was eighty four. That my photo was eighty four. Yeah. So you're talking eighty seven. I'm talking eighty. Yeah, I still had I had that when I was even finished. I think I must have gotten it when I got became a serious business person and started working at Tucson Electric. So the t- hair changed. The hair changed yeah. at that at some 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 point there. I, I went back to partying on the side. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I I couldn't be the disco king Those anymore. Are definitely the good old days for me. <laughs> thin thin and okay. Okay, now not exactly, so much. Exactly. So, hey, uh, we found out yesterday uh, there's going to be a lot of news coming out of U of A with the international students. Right. Uh, there's a kind of a lot of a, some wiggle room. They're going to try to accommodate things like that. Right. Well, the the administrate the the Trump administration announced that uh, that if, if uh, international students aren't able to go to on-campus class. So if they're if the school they go to isn't having on-campus classes and only online classes, then their visas are no longer valid and they have to go back home. And we, we can debate whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, it, the University of Arizona with the well, every college really has sure. a lot of international mm-hmm. students and they're an important part of the college experience both for the students for themselves for, you know, the 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 teachers and and those those kids bring a lot to our country. Sure. So the University of Arizona announced that that no matter what, they're gonna they're gonna have enough on campus classes that the international students can stay. Now that I don't know where how that relates to athletes if they're if they have a different visa than say mm-hmm. somebody who's who's on campus as a student. But let's not forget, I think six Arizona basketball players that's why are international players that's why it's highlighted so it, so yeah. that it's a that's a big deal at Arizona mm-hmm. and at least as it relates to sports I mean it's, obviously it's a big deal to those kids and their lives 
but you know, from a from a basketball standpoint for Arizona, that's that's a big deal, and and the other sports, what, you golf? know, golf. What? You know, uh, Adia Track? Barnes has a number of, of of international players on on her team. Track and field. So you know, if we're going to start kicking those students out, you know, what are we what are we doing to the experience, and why are we doing that? Well, first they got to get here, right? Well, then there's that they got to get here, and mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them aren't here yet. Right. Some of them are, I think. Um, um, Ira Lee told us he was working out with so, with one of the international guys in Southern California. So some of them are in the country. Now you need five more, <laughs> five more. But uh, you know that's good development on the U of A's part. You know, doing the right thing yeah. and 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 making sure that these students who are invested in the U of A, some who have probably been here for a while and they're just trying to get their degree, mm-hmm. they're going to get to stay. Well, in the next three or four weeks, probably less than three weeks, uh, we'll know more about students and, right. the, and the life. Right. You know, I, well, Arizona is what. 16 days away from having to decide, you know, but they've said they got to decide by uh, July 24th if they're going to allow, if they're going to have on-campus classes. Now they've just said we're going to have enough. So apparently there's going to be some. The question is how many? Yeah. Yeah. That in, in addition to decisions like that, we saw today uh, from Michael Lev about the Schooler Brothers. Right. The Schooler Brothers and, you know, they're. You know, li- you know, trying to live the dream of playing football together, together and you right. know, to, and and they're both they're both going to be in there with their last year of eligibility coming up. And so the question is, you know, if the if the football season gets moved to the spring, which has become more of a possibility than it was a few weeks ago, what happens to that? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a senior, mm-hmm. and we've we've had this discussion a little bit, but you know, in the in the article by Michael Levin, I've read it's a really good read, and it talks about how these two guys are, and you know, and it talks to his dad and and how they're trying to you know make the best of it. It's interesting to see you know what's in their mind, and it sounded to me, I'm not trying to put words in their mouths, but it sounded to me like if the, if the season goes into the spring and the NFL doesn't really flow with that right and they feel like they've got the potential of an nfl career will they play in the spring right no matter what dreams they have right you got to save your career for later right you know these guys look you know you're you're a college football player it's essentially a job a four-year or five-year job interview Mm -hmm. now you know most of them come out and they know they, they get to the end of it and they say okay i'm not getting that job but you know the schoolers they believe they, they can. Chance. They've they got a chance. chance. Yeah. And so, you know, they're going to do what's the right thing for them, which that would be my first advice to them. You know, not that I know everything, but I, my first advice to them would be do what's right for you. And that's that's advice that you could take for anything. For anything, anybody. Right. You know, I, I you know, the, I, I've, I've always been of the opinion that when, when Arizona, particularly in basketball fans, get upset that uh, a player leaves early, and I'm like... Why did he come to college? He came to college to get a right. job. Mm-hmm. He can get a job that pays him millions of dollars after his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he take right. that job? Even mm-hmm. the ones that get the job for two hundred and fifty thousand sure. dollars a year. Right. I mean, if I could, if I could leave my, you know, college after my freshman year, sure. in journalism and get a two hundred fifty thousand dollar a year job, I'm all over that. Sure, sure. Uh, they uh, just it, it depends on who you are. And how much you need, or whatever. Right. Uh, but it's and this is not 1962 or whatever year you want to say. This is more about, and they're coming here for a reason. Right. They think they can play in the league. Right. Uh, whether that's true or not, in, in other people's minds, that's the case. That's that look. The look case. at what we see now. Uh, Trier, 
right. in and out for two years, gone. Raleigh Alkins, who everybody loved and could see he could play, guess what? Not good enough. Right. Uh, all these guys over the last handful of years. A bunch of them. Nick Johnson, you know, Nick, had right. a cup of coffee in the league and so what are you you know, tell guy these was kids? a player of the year. What are you going to tell these kids? No, you better not do this. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there have been some players, like I said, over the over the years that have left and I thought, ah, that one's you know, not, I'll give you one. That one wasn't ready. I'll give you, give you one. Grant Jarrett. Grant Jarrett, Marcus Williams. Mark, yeah, that was a, no question. No, he's <laughs> uh, like, what the hell? We had of? a couple of years ago. Um, never even started at Arizona. Oh, uh, the kid, the, the guard. Yeah, he was with Trier's replacement until Trier I came back. Why can't I think of his name? Yeah, yeah, because he, he was here so long. So right? going to text me right now. <laughs> right. Well, that's part of the problem. They're not here long enough to, to know. We know them, but I know who exactly you're talking. About. He's from Atlanta. That is true. At Memphis. Right. Uh, so you know. So uh, God, I, I this don't know. is sad. We're just it, getting old. It, it, we are. Welcome to I on the ball. But the schooler situation was really kind of the one that really opened my eyes in terms of what these guys are going through. Sure. You know, the conference is throwing around, well, we may play in the spring. Well, are you taking into consideration what this is going to mean to your players? Yeah. And if, if you're going to make that decision without having a discussion with the NFL about what they're going to do, are they going to delay the draft, which they have so far said they will not. Mm -hmm. Are they going to delay uh, the uh, the combines, which is, they've so far said they're not? Then how is that going to play into a college football season in the spring? Decisions, decisions, a lot left the next few weeks and then months, of course. Well, we're getting close to the time that I think we're going to know. We're gonna, they're going to have to make a decision one way or another. Everybody says it's by the, about the end of July. So What's that saying? We're yeah. A few weeks away and what's that saying uh, get off the pot yeah yeah, before that yeah something or get off the pot yeah, right? yeah. do so something here we are. or get off the pot here we, we are. are we're there and I think that we're going to be you know the decisions are going to be made and at least we'll, whether it's good or bad there'll be some certainty to it I still think right. we're headed to no non-conference games in college football if they even play college football something we can agree on I agree with you here we go a good show today Jay another good one we're, we're going to have uh, Scott, Scott Thompson, Thompson tomorrow one of, one of Lute Olson's first assistants at Arizona thanks everybody Thank you.